This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning. August the 15th, 2022. Ah, it's nice and cool out here in the Midwest. This morning was quite chilly. Actually, we were in the 50s. It's cloudy out today. Kind of a preview of the fall to come. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast this week. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't subscribed yet, run over to AffirmAmerica.com. Put your email in there. We'll shoot you an email every time an episode comes out. All right, this week, your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. WHO moves to change name of monkeypox to avoid being racist. From the International Business Times, the World Health Organization is planning to change the name of the monkeypox disease amid concerns of racist and derogatory connotations. On Friday, WHO announced it has already renamed two clads of the virus with Roman numerals after initially naming them after the geographic regions where they commonly circulate. A group of global experts convened by WHO agreed on the new names as well as how the virus clads should be classified and recorded based on genome sequence repository sites. From hot air, Monkeypox has been around since 1958. The world's population has managed to live with that name since then. It was a common sense name at the time. Research monkeys in Denmark were observed to have a pox-like disease. From ABC News, to date, there have been more than 31,000 cases of monkeypox identified globally since May, with the majority of those beyond Africa. Monkeypox has been endemic in parts of Central and West Africa for decades and was not known to trigger any large outbreaks beyond the continent until May. WHO declared the global spread of monkeypox to be an international emergency in July and the U.S. declared its own epidemic to be a national emergency earlier this month. Okay, so uh, more woke organizations and the WHO is not immune from these uh, wacky ideas of changing name and language. This is coming directly from the World Economic Forum and the globalists who are trying to manipulate the language to fit into a narrative. The WHO is right in there with them all. So let's be aware of where these things come from. As you know, the CCP was very much involved in WHO back in the day, and they were promoting all kinds of misinformation about the COVID virus, and even Donald Trump pulled out of WHO because it was so outside the bounds of truth, and it was really just a narrative propaganda arm for the CCP. So WHO is all woke, and we need to stay away from their radical agenda. All right, headline number four, White House sought to silence critic on Twitter. No matter which side you fall on, this is pretty scary. Fox News. Substack writer Alex Berenson 
shared internal communication from Twitter that revealed the White House inquired about why his account had not been banned, according to findings from his lawsuit with the tech giant. Berenson announced last month that he and Twitter reached a mutually acceptable resolution that prompted his Twitter account to be reinstated. After previously hinting that the Biden administration may have played a role in his deplatforming from Twitter, Berenson published screenshots of an April 2021 exchange between Twitter employees regarding a meeting it had with White House officials. Wall Street Journal, Mr. Berenson has been a vocal critic of government lockdowns, mask mandates, and mRNA vaccines. Mr. Berenson sued the company for, among other things, removing him in violation of its own stated policies. In settling the lawsuit last month, Twitter acknowledged it erred in banning Mr. Berenson and agreed to restore his account. Okay, more issues with these giant tech companies. Uh, The White House is directly influencing who is heard and who is not heard. They're censoring speech. And this is uh, something we all need to take very seriously. This is First Amendment rights. And when the White House gets into playing judge on who has the right to speak and who has not the right to speak, then we all have to be very concerned. And it should send a shockwave up and down your spine when you hear these kinds of censorship that the uh, White House is involved in. And so big big tech uh, companies, beware. Uh, time is coming. It's just a matter of time before they're going to break you up and they're going to shut you down because you have way too much power. And that's not how uh, our country works. We all have First Amendment rights. Sure, you have the right to, to uh, set policies, but when you start picking and choosing what you can and cannot say, then you've kind of crossed the line, break you up into smaller pieces, and allow for other voices to be able to speak and not have a monopoly on social media. All right, headline number three. Trump lawyers request the FBI return any files covered by attorney-client privilege. Fox News, the FBI seized boxes containing records covered by attorney-client privilege and potentially executive privilege during its raid of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Sources familiar with the investigation told Fox News, adding that the Justice Department opposed Trump lawyers' request for the appointment of an independent special master to review the records. The FBI seized classified records from Trump's Palm Beach home during its unprecedented Monday morning raid, including some marked as top secret. But the former president is disputing the classification, saying the records have been declassified. From the Daily Mail, Donald Trump demanded that the FBI return to him any attorney-client material they seized from Mar-a-Lago during the raid on Monday. Oh great, it has just been learned that the FBI in its now- famous raid of Mar-a-Lago took boxes of privileged attorney-client material and also executive privilege material, which they knowingly should not have taken, the former president lamented on Truth Social. So this raid on uh, President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home is just backfiring on the federal government, the FBI. So obvious to everybody that it's not about these records. It's really a fishing exposition. They're just trying to find information that they can use against President Trump as political opposition, and the fact that they're using federal government, the FBI, and the DOJ to weaponize and to politicize a former president of the United States 
is just beyond the bounds of comprehension. And there needs to be uh, some reckoning. There needs to be some explanations. There needs to be some committee hearings after the midterms to get to the bottom of who is behind this. And the FBI needs to be reshaped from the bottom up. Lots of people need to be moved out, and it needs to be reformed because the American people have lost their faith in the FBI, which at one point was a very well-respected organization that protected us, our values, and unfortunately it has become politicized, and now it's time that things are revised and turned upside down and built all over again. All right, headline number two. Arizona begins constructing wall on the U.S.-Mexico border without Biden's permission. From the Washington Examiner, the state of Arizona will not wait for the Biden administration to build a border wall on the U.S.-Mexico border and instead has chosen to go it alone, erecting its own state-funded barrier to stop an unprecedented flow of illegal immigrants. Governor Doug Ducey's top advisors announced in a call with reporters Friday morning that construction began six minutes ago on a portion of the Yuma-Arizona border where gaps of land between Trump-era wall projects exist as a result of President Joe Biden's January 2021 order to stop building the barrier. The state made a sudden decision this week to finish the border wall and said it had not informed the Department of Homeland Security or the White House of its decision to build. The White House and DHS did not return requests for comment. Governor Ducey, quote, We can't wait any longer. The Biden administration's lack of urgency on border security is a dereliction of duty. Arizonans can't wait any longer for the federal government to deliver on their delayed promises. Okay, this is uh, very good news, the fact that Arizona is taking some action. That's the way it should be. I mean, the federal government, that's their, uh, there's only a few things the federal government's responsible for doing, and one is, is protecting our national security and our borders, and they've dropped the ball on that. So the states have the legal right from the Constitution to act in their own behalf. And the fact that Arizona is taking steps now to finish the wall that Trump started to stop this unprecedented invasion from our southern border is uh, a big kudos. And I'm glad that uh, Governor Ducey has taken those steps. And I know that if Carrie Lake wins in November, she's going to extend that beyond what uh, Governor Ducey has done. And she will really go after the border and also the voter integrity issues there in Arizona. So uh, good news from Arizona. And we hope that they can continue their efforts to close that southern border because we all know that's not a good thing. All right, headline number one. Democrat inflation bill funds abortion, violating the Hyde Amendment. From the National Review, the reconciliation bill that Senate Democrats just passed under the almost unbelievable title of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will have plenty of ill effects including that it will extend Obamacare's premium tax credits for health care plans that cover elective abortion. The bill extends the credits through 2025 at a cost of an estimated $64 billion unless they're made permanent in the future, a further extension of what was done under the American Rescue Plan. 
In short, the bill will continue subsidies for health insurance plans on the Obamacare exchanges that fund abortion on demand in violation of the Hyde Amendment. From Life News, measures like the Hyde Amendment that prohibit taxpayers' funding for abortions had strong bipartisan support in Congress for decades. Since 1976, the Hyde Amendment alone has saved an estimated 2.4 million babies' lives, including about 60,000 each year. Within the past five years, however, Democrat leaders have shifted to a more extreme pro-abortion position that includes forcing American taxpayers to pay for the killing of unborn babies in abortions. Okay, this is uh, how the Democratic Party rolls. They try to go around the laws. They don't listen to the American people. They, they try to use anything they can to subvert and go in their own direction and to push things that they feel is important to them. But regardless of how the laws are, they'll just change the laws or they, they'll, they'll reject them. They will not follow them. And this is a problem with the Democratic Party. So again, we're coming up on the midterms. I hope everybody can get out and vote. Vote all these rascals out before they destroy the country. The Democrats are completely secularized. They're woke. They're radical. And they have no business in the greatest nation on God's green earth to run this country. And we need to vote them out. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. August the 15th, 2022. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great beginning of the new week. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it. 